3: Hi, I'm Kate Berlant. I'm Jacqueline Novak. And this is POOG, an ongoing conversation about wellness between two obsessive friends. Two untamable intellects. This is our hobby. This is our hell. This is our naked desire for free products. This <sighs> is POOG. Today's topics,
1: loosely speaking,
3: Boethius, restorative,
1: restorative broth, malding. What's, what's going on, Kate? What's on, your, what's on your mind, Kate? So I
3: woke up on the wrong side the bed metaphorically or literally (laughs) because sometimes oh so is there something there like there is no wrong side i know okay i just well of course there is yes that's how one should approach life no i really did wake up on the wrong side of the bed i woke up on the wrong side okay i'm not in a
1: good place Oh my God, I just had a huge realization about woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm, I'm literally in shock. Are you ready? What, Why? Why? I always pictured it as meaning, I just realized this isn't what it is, getting, like you got, oh no, is that the expression? You got out of bed? On, no, you woke
3: up on the wrong side of the bed. Which means like
1: you're over on the left versus over on the right. I've always thought of it as which side you stepped out of your bed. Isn't that funny? That is bizarre.
3: I actually have, uh, <laughs> here's a little kind of OCD thing of mine. I read in a, like a 17 magazine or a Cosmo 462 years ago that Selma Hayek always steps out of bed with the right foot first. No. Like, and so I've been doing that my entire life, my entire adult life. So I think about, I think about Selma Hayek every morning.
1: Selma. Oh, Selma. It's Selma. What was I saying? Selma? Isn't it Selma? I think it
3: is. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely is. Um... Isn't that wild though? By the way. Another thought. No, that therefore that's, she's that's not, I've never every articulated morning. that. No one knows that. Yes. And isn't it, it's weird how I say something like that, which is deeply personal and has been the kind of a ritual I've been doing for, again, 462 years. Suddenly, now that it's hit the air and I've said it out loud, I've, I, I had an urge not to say it. Yeah. And now... Do I feel robbed of a private ritual? No, this is huge. Um what do should we keep things to ourselves? Oh, that's God, I, that's like the kind of the big question because I find that I can't. Mm. And so sometimes I feel like part of my it Almost sounded like you were heading towards can. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can't. No, I I can't keep a goddamn thing to myself. Right. And so the foot thing that I just said, like that's something that I've never uttered.
1: But of course, don't you feel that like you got excited when you realized and I think we share this? When you realized you had something that you've never articulated. It's exciting. Right? Yeah. There's a goddamn thrill. There's a, the, oh, we found a jewel in the soil, right? Yeah. To me, it's inherently a jewel because it was in the soil, even if it's a mere rock. It was buried deep within <laughs> my private life. Right? So so there's a thrill to bringing out, to making ostensible the latent. Mm. Uh, I'm always yeah. trying to work ostensibility versus latency into oh. any conversation, but... No, wait, let me think if there's anything I've regretted. getting Well, there is that quality of, you know, yeah, once it's out, has it. See, but I feel like that Selma Hayek thing, unless you feel like
3: it's um no i'm fine with it being a magical ritual yeah that's why i feel a little bit it feels a little magical oh it It feels magical to me though it's a superstitious thing right stepping out with the right foot first well that's
1: interesting because maybe what that is then is
3: hoarding luck well to interrupt no but i love that idea No, because it's like shouldn't i i'm like no if this is a little positive ritual or a little superstition why wouldn't i just want to share that with the group
1: no exactly but but this is interesting private ritual in a compulsive way, right? Mm-hmm. Like can lose its power when you speak it aloud, right? But in a good way, because these are like technically anytime you, you're no longer in prison. Okay, the difference between positive ritual for the self mm-hmm. that supports you and compulsive ritual of OCD. To serve the demons. Yeah. serve the demons, <laughs> living in a prison of yeah. I have to put my foot down, you know. So it sounds like that one for you. Somewhere in between right it's a little bit Compulsive uh, yeah it's somewhere in between But a little bit joyful Also and so it's like yeah You know I mean it's sort of it's sort of like you know, my fears of going to overeaters anonymous, right? Like like don't don't take away the magic, the numinosity
3: of what occurs between me and food, you know, late in the night. I can't believe you said numinosity because the really? word numinous has been following me lately. <laughs> it's been following me as well, actually. Really? The numinous has been hunting us. No, numinous it's it's I, I love when that happens in that 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 is God. But truly when <laughs> things just continue to appear like that or chasing yes. you, being chased by words or ideas or images. What is that?
1: Well, the synchronicity. It's
3: meaningful coincidence. It's you and me living the Jungian life. It's Jung. It all comes back to goddamn Carl. Carl Carl. is runneth amok. uh, ah, Amok? Carl has entered me now. I mean, he's always been there, but (laughs) the Jung stuff has been huge for me lately. I mean, I feel like the last four episodes we've talked about, I should just move on.
1: No, I know. We keep referencing him. And and it's actually... I have a new Thomas More...
3: <laughs> it's another author I enjoy. You know, you said that, and I heard Sir Thomas More, Man for All Seasons. Thomas right. More, who also is a Jungian, practical psychology, you might call it. I'm reading a book called Soulmates. Couldn't recommend it more. I always confuse him with Merton. Never heard of him. Oh, wow. Thomas okay. More wrote a book called, I guess care of the soul which i've never read but this book soulmates is divine see
1: the pro this is what my concern was irish writer thomas moore from 1779 kate is that what you're reading honey i wish this guy's still breathing (laughs) is it an indignity to read anyone who's still breathing yes i think it is right because what is a book it's a letter from the past
3: how dare you ask anyone to read something current i want to be coiled up with dante you know, but I but I'm not. Oh my God, dreaming, dreaming. What is your relationship to Dante? Okay, I'm totally. I have one. Are you ready? What it is? It's nothing. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a relationship <laughs> with Dante, but you wait, you asked and you ran because you were like, oh
4: no, oh, I don't
2: know.
3: I really wish I did. I mean, I have like gentle Dante. Wait, I was about oh, to there, answer. Go, go. No, all
1: it is is that in college I had a professor who talked about how. Oh, my God, it wasn't Dante. It was it was Milton, mm, oh, Paradise sure. Lost. Same difference. Okay, okay I'm going to say it anyway. Every Christmas, his wife reread Paradise Lost. And I've never forgotten it. Wow. The idea of like, well, every year I revisit I love that. Paradise Lost. And I learn new things. I want to be that woman. I know.
3: That's my dream of my future. That's my dream of my life. Oh. I know it is. Every, every, I know to have... Something. I want to be once a year. I go away even just for two nights. I want to be on some cliffside <laughs> town with the waves crashing and be alone in my solitude, leaving my children and my partner and my whole life behind. And I want to just, right. you know, I read Paradise Lost once a year. Yeah, I drink scalding hot Darjeeling tea <laughs> and I look out at the sea yeah. and the waves crash against the rocks and I, you know, ponder those who have passed and my own mortality Mm, and I like jerk off in the mirror or something. (laughs) Uh, Um, Dante.
1: Yeah. My only really knowledge of Dante is a Cole Porter lyric where he turns it around and he says,
3: and for a nose, Dante, what to rhyme with the great Durante. Nothing's that's not registering for me at all. I know not Cole Porter. I mean, I know Cole Porter, Because I'm not, I wasn't raised under a rock, but I don't have uh, any feelings there. No, that's, you know, fair. Um, Were you a teacher's pet? Teacher's pet depends what you mean.
1: I had stimulating intellectual relationships with a variety of teachers. Same um, in high school, of course. You know, they were shocked. I mean, they said, "Well, how do you how do you know
3: about Jung?" Literally, okay, okay. They were shocked. <gasps> but did you have you had close relationships with certain teachers? Yes. Yeah, me too. No, you and oh, I absolutely, are absolutely, yeah. including like me and my friends, like staying after school to like further educate totally. ourselves. No, further. no, I. Because also, you said Dante, and that flashed me forward to being in college, and this professor, this Italian professor who I was, like, taken by, and he was like, you must transform your <laughs> desire, or whatever. Taken with? Did so I say taken by? I was just making sure he hadn't kidnapped you. He took me. No, but I um, did end up going to <laughs> Sicily with him in a small group. Wow. Like, hey, there was an energy. No. I remember going to his his apartment in Brooklyn Heights, and, like, drinking Prosecco <laughs> and discussing Dante, and I was like, bah. But I didn't, um, <laughs> but he... It was a big teacher's pet moment for me is that it was like day one of his class and I was, you know, again, taken. I didn't have a crush on him. I just truly meant I was like, the world of literature is unfurling before me and him talking about Boethius, Consolation of Philosophy and being like <laughs> how that book is like divine. <laughs> and then I, like a little bitch. Boethius? Her- Boethius. Boethius. B-O-E-T-H-I-U-S, I believe. Wait, and it's
1: not pronounced Bertus? Do you know why I'm asking? This is huge. no because, because they just broken to say i don't think he's german i think they knows a where i'm headed our producer which is okay ready this is one of my favorite topics yeah you know goethe yes <laughs> and i cackle because the spelling you know g-o-e-t-h-e-s or whatever
3: it looks like goethes Oh, right, 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 sure. Okay, but it's
1: pronounced Goethe, and that's, like, to me, like, one of the biggest flexes you can you can do is it's just to huge. be, like, Goethe, and then, like, your friend looks up Goethe, and they can't find it fucked. because yeah. how did that be? <laughs> and then I love, like, the Gothel's Bridge, I guess, in New York. Isn't there a Gothel's Bridge? And I'm like, it's Girdles. Wow. But no one... No one's there to hear you. You've lost interest. Have you gone pursuing I've, a free product so on your not computer? Online, I see a hand. No, no my hand forward. is right
3: here. I just, I, 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 it seems so cruel to say I lost interest. Something in me did break off.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I was also okay, and, too focused and on myself. My excitement, no, I think my excitement around, see, I have this belief that because you love me, okay? Yeah. Okay. That if I'm really excited about something, I expect you to go like, I'm going to find what's interesting in this because oh. she's so excited about it. I'm going to love it. Well,
3: I do and love instead, you that much. No, right. Sometimes I will break off. No, of course. But I'm like... I would say eight out of 10 times I'm I'm there no, with you in the excitement. Nah, no, no.
1: And I appreciate it about you because it's real. Okay. You're not coddling me at every turn. You know what I mean? Right. Only Only within, you know, reason. Right. But I'm just like, in my mind, there's a there's a ratio that I'm always working with, okay? Mm -hmm. Of how long am I going to make you wait to hear this thing? Like, I'm like, the Goethe thing. I'm like, that's like two sentences. I can get that out really fast, okay? So it. it provides any, you know... But it didn't enchant you, and that devastates me. And I go back into tap dancing. I'm like the
3: Goethe thing did. It was when you broke off into the bridges. I started to go, and then I was in my mind. I was back with Boethius and kind of medieval philosophy for a second. No,
1: and I want to go back to the Boethius. When I go to bridges, it is with an absolute intention, okay, of returning. And that's also worth noting. I know. Wait, so I do want to come back to Boethius, okay?
3: Well, I've moved off (laughs) him. Well, all I was going to say was that I, like a little teacher's pet, ran off to the library after class, checked out Boethius' Constellation of Philosophy, went home, you know, read some of it, and then the next day or two days later bounced into class, and then after class was like, by the way, I went and looked up, like I I checked out Constellation of Philosophy, it's sublime, and he was like, He went to the library did you and got the book (laughs) not Irish of course but uh I was but like can you believe I did that
1: (laughs) well I certainly can and um because I too (laughs) know the flashing of a book the book peeking out of a knapsack all of those things
3: relating through merely saying that you also bought a book I too own that book yeah is were you involved this is a very kind of New York City thing of the subway Mm -hmm. but like Were you involved in trying to constantly force hope that you can make people fall in love with you based on... Oh, like performance of self on the subway? Like I, for many years in New York, I just convinced myself that I could get it down and I could just (laughs) make scores of people fall in love with me just by like these little brief encounters or simply by the way I was, you know, pretending to read on the subway. Is
1: it always with the book? It certainly helps. The book helps. (laughs) But I was wondering because to me, that's interesting that you're afraid to be at the pool alone and yet like, performance of aloneness on the subway you're obviously comfortable with to a point of using it as seduction. Very comfortable. I always was more enchanted with the idea of, um, uh, performing that I was, like, some weird genius, okay? So, so for example, like, it would be, like, the idea... I didn't do this, (laughs) but I fantasized about almost, like, tapping my fingers (laughs) kind of like, um...
3: Like, like I was working out a problem or a symphony.
4: Okay? Okay, okay. okay, wait,
1: wait,
3: wait, wait! I'm stopping you there because I did working out a symphony <laughs> acting on the airplane once. As a, yes. I want to say I was 14 years old. Okay, this now. Okay, I, the the memory has flooded me. I haven't thought about it in a hundred years. On the having the tray down, playing playing piano on the tray, I'm playing dying. piano on the tray so much that that the guy next to me goes, oh "My, oh, do you play piano?" Like I was asking for. As by what the way, I, well, to be clear, I was like fourteen. Like, yeah, I don't want to get into it. I was it, like, but, oh, um, yeah, and then the rest is a blur. But you can imagine the intensity with which I was. Playing piano. No, no, and that's
1: an outrageous. <laughs> well, I once had, I right, read and this is a little more like authentic in the sense of like and therefore more embarrassed to share it, but I had this notebook of all my like writings, um, or like a binder of various <laughs> writings, you know, and that I was taking in and out of New York City on a subway to go to this like workshop, and um a man, you know, sitting near me on the sub on the Metro North was like <laughs> like, got off at his stop, okay, after, like, I don't know, we're both next to each other for 45 minutes, I'm paging through my materials, not performatively, yeah. uh, you know, I will say. And he was like, keep writing. This kind oh. of like, no, he meant, like, you're good. How dare you? He meant, like, don't give it up. He did not mean keep trying. I know, but it still pisses me off. No, of course. Well, similarly in Grand Central, this is coming, talk about coming flooding back. Similarly in Grand Central, I'm wearing a red wool coat, you know, Mm. like looking like Paddington or something, right? I guess his coat wasn't red. It was blue, but you know what I'm saying? And, you know, the cheeks are flush. In the winter, I'm wearing a hat, a scarf. It's snowing outside, and I'm waiting by the uh by the clock in the center of Grand Central. And who are
3: you waiting for? Sorry, keep going. <laughs> I'm getting so your your language is so rich. I'm getting <laughs> I'm being brought into the story against my own will.
1: I, I don't know who I was waiting for, but I um a man walks up to me, regards me, <laughs> takes me by the shoulders, <gasps> no, kisses me on the cheek. What? Okay Jacqueline <laughs> and says like something like I'm sorry, I just had to. You were too no! cute or something. No. And walked away. Jacqueline. Shocking, right? I wonder if I could find in a journal to have the exact words, but it was definitely something like that. Did you love it? No. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> That's love horrifying. it. But th- what's funny is like, and this is. Did it happen so fast? It happened so fast, although did it right? Because like how, how many seconds did it probably take? It probably took. Well, first, there's like someone's walking towards you with a confidence that you think surely they're just walking towards someone right behind me. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. And then there's the moment of like shock. If someone takes you by the shoulders, how old was this person? He was probably like 60, 45 kind of shocking. Right. Cause it's like, I don't know. It was weird. And then there's almost <sighs> the, Ew. Dude, this, is a, this is the funny thing. It's like, I almost like, it's this moment where you can decide whether you're um, culturally obviously supposed to be horrified, right? Yeah. Um, you know, horrified, disgusted, whatever, all of that, right? And then yeah. and then but there's almost this moment where you're like, Or is this just a great New York moment? Is it nineteen forty two? Like you know the soldier bending the woman over to kiss her,
3: right? Yeah, the soldier yeah. coming back and it's like that was And then moments later they took the po- He the, didn't know her. They took the photo and then moments later she was screaming. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: Okay, so you're almost like, and I can't remember. I think I told this story to Chris later, like almost like like it was a funny New York story, and like, and he was like, he was fucking furious. Like, who is that? What a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, like that is so not okay, and of course it's not okay. I'm just trying to think if I've ever. There's other things like this where you like. Don't realize it's horrible.
3: I like that, though, as a prompt. I'll think for a uh, second. Things that are horrible, but you didn't realize it at the time. Yeah,
1: or like you're ashamed that you sort of like went with it. But we do have to send them uh, into the desert of the ad. Break. Pray for an oasis. It'll be our faces.
3: Can I
0: rant for a sec? Please.
5: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
1: Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu.
3: Don't want to find out how he met their mother? Then go back with the Dunfees
1: Hi. Well during the break, I noticed you've gone sullen and I have an idea about how to lift you up.
3: Please do, because as I confessed earlier, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Oh right. Which I really haven't had that feeling in a minute. Like I but it was that thing of just Ugh. Again, both literally and metaphorically in this case? No.
1: I was literally where I always just had, metaphorically. Yeah. Okay. Your your
3: rage at
1: me i sorry.
3: I'm sorry. That was true <laughs> childlike irritability. That was like, that was outrageous.
1: I don't know. Maybe you said it earlier, but I, I still, I was too enchanted. I
3: think maybe I had upsetting dreams. I had a dream. I was like wandering in the city and people were just like openly shitting in the street. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I saw all these people who were like, I don't know. I, I just was in this kind of dark city, this like kind of, mm. you know, wasteland of a metropolitan Decay Gotham and... versus New York. Batman's Gotham. Yeah, perhaps.
1: Um... Perhaps. It's not really a relevant reference for me over at Janus Films.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I'm strictly Janus. <laughs> I just think it's funny to call it Janus.
1: Janus, yeah. Um... I dreamt that I was pissing for about five minutes. <gasps> um, relieved to wake up to dryness. Because I dreamt that I woke up after having pissed the bed to a point of just like a whole room of piss and um and it was it was pretty interesting and i've been trying to um re-up obviously given everything on dream work dream journaling i'm sure i've said it on poop before but you know the key to remembering your dreams or one technique i them done every day yes but even better what if you, you say because you say that to people and they say but i don't remember anything you make it up you pretend you remember you
3: geniusly told me
1: that 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 changed my life isn't that huge? You write it, you write it down. So you go, yeah, I dreamt last night that a kangaroo, you know, caught me sniveling grease. <laughs> okay.
3: Okay. But what did you say? Because. Oh, but then the subconscious this on previously, because it was so genius that it's more exhausting for your subconscious to yes. bury the dream than to create a lie. Yes. The
1: subconscious goes, I'll just give it to you. It's easier to remember it than, right. than go through this process of you making it
3: up. Phenomenal. So I'm starting and, and noting down the little bit at a time. Did you dream about Trump explicitly? Like, did he come into your dreams? Once. Once
1: I dreamt I was at like this small sort of party or gathering or something. And and it was like, oh, my God, Trump's here. OK. And it was like, oh, fuck. And it was like, and he comes in. And it was this weird thing where I looked around like, what do we do? Like, throw something at him? <laughs> like, oh, and he like, he like spoke to me politely. And I was like, it was like this feeling of like, it was the, it was a nightmare of someone's politeness yeah. causing you. To almost, like, respond by accident. Like,
3: hello. How, like, right, right, right. Not, like, uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. No! You know, like... Yeah.
1: What about you? It sounds like you did.
3: I did dream once. I had once had a sex dream where I was Trump. <laughs> I dreamt that I was Trump. And it was actually lucid. It was partially and you lucid. Stepped... Now, if you look down your hands, were they Trump hands? No, so I, I walked... Was it you as your body, but you knew... No, I was Trump. Okay. And I was walking into this, like... <laughs> I believe it was some kind of like industrial refrigerator or freezer area. And I walked in and I was like, oh, my God, I'm Trump. And there was this very kind of like bombshell blonde in there. And I went up to her and I like pulled her hair aside and whispered in her ear. This is this is graphic. Ready? Yeah. (laughs) It's hysterical. I said, I said, I'll buy you a car if you let me go down on you. No. And then I came. No. Yeah. Yeah. In the dream. I'm sorry. I'm not not
1: to be a juvenile who doesn't understand.
3: I woke up like. Arr!
1: Really? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. And I was Trump. Very interesting. Obviously, Wait, let me just take it in. If I buy you a car,
3: if I buy you a car, will you let me go down on you or I'll buy you? Yeah, I'll buy you a car if you let me go down on you. Right. It's interesting because I don't
1: imagine him kind of like let me if you let me, you know, is, is generous. Trump, Trump, I don't think he, he has that in, he, do, he doesn't have that in him. There was
3: something that's like actually so erotic about being like, I'm going to go down on you and then I'm going to buy you a car. Like, See, it's that cool. even though is like still more forceful. There was the
1: like request that like, yeah, no, in no, yours no, totally. if you let me. And that's, you know,
3: consent was present for you. <laughs> consent was very much present in my dream. Like the dream
1: world is supposed to be absolutely untouchable in terms of like, Like, you cannot shame someone for your dream. You cannot, you know, whatever. And so I just think it's funny to be like, meanwhile, nonetheless, I... No,
3: it was still, yeah. Do you have any dreams from childhood that you still remember early nightmares? I think I remember my first dream ever, which was that I was in some kind of gift shop, obviously a wonderland for me. And (laughs) there was a carousel, the carousel of, postcards I know it well which used to be a really important thing for me like the postcards the carousel and I'm looking at the carousel postcards and then there's just a witch there just like a classic like witch (laughs) (laughs) and that was I think my first dream because I was in a stroller I was being strolled like I was in a stroller and I was observing the the postcard carousel from the stroller Oh my god. And I once also saw a witch. It's like early mo- like childhood magical reality stuff where I thought I saw a witch on a broom like sail across the sky. Oh, fantastic. So cool. Um it was also like around Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>
1: of course (laughs) therefore legitimizing like that maybe it was well i have a memory that i you know arguably could have been a dream but i still like prefer to kind of stand by that i saw the easter bunny
3: (laughs) okay which is like not even like no one thinks that myth is real like but no i believed in the easter bunny after santa santa was revealed to be false i told my parents i said you have to tell me if he's real or not because a lot of the kids are saying he's not real and i just need you to tell me is santa real and it was before school and i remember my parents were like yeah it's not real and i was like oh my god, i wish i had never asked like i got a meltdown and then it was like weeks later i was like easter buddy's real though right oh no i was oh like my. not the easter buddy too
1: that is so you, like, <laughs> the anxiety appearing. Okay, and then, like, Easter Bunny's right, right? Because that voice, like, Easter money's right, <laughs> is what you do when you're, like, you're walking a thin line between safety and danger, okay? Exactly, you know me and so well. And you're like, if I, if I just say it casually like this, yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like the gods won't notice. The gods yeah. won't notice if I just quickly ask for the thing I want to be true.
3: <laughs> I know.
1: You're like, the rabbit's real, right? The rabbit's real, though. If I say it quietly, yeah. Like, 'Cause you don't want to be like the rabbit's real and then the universal scream back, No,
3: it's not. So you're like Rabbit's real, right? Right? There's like no, very specific completely... of your psychology
1: for gesture
3: and I mean the tooth fairy, don't even get me started, loved the tooth fairy. But
1: I thought I saw the Easter bunny downstairs. I went down for a drink of water and it was like a huge, you know, walking Donnie Darko bunny. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And um
3: Did the bunny look at you? Was there an acknowledgement?
1: Uh, I can't remember now. I've lost it now. I, I, I became too accepting of the idea that it was merely a dream. And so I've sort of lost the memory. But wait, well, you know, my Santa Claus, what they had to do. No. I had anxiety that, I'm sure I've told you this. I was like, I'm so excited for Santa to come tonight. I'm so excited for Santa to come tonight. I'm so excited for Santa <laughs> okay, like, like and then like crying hysterically thus revealing they were scared as a little child that i was like terrified okay oh. it was like so i was trying to like I was trying to be positive Overcompensate. about it. Typical, right? I'm so excited for Santa to come tonight. <laughs> like I was like, I'm so excited. <laughs> and then like crying. And then it was like, or this is how my parents describe it. it is almost like I'm saying I'm excited, saying I'm excited. And then like, it's like, but I'm saying it with an intensity that's revealing something under the surface. And then, um, and then like a, t- like a freak out. And then, so human. um, the fear, I was like, my fear was of surprise. Okay. Um, anticipation and surprise. And used to happen to me if someone delivered pizza to our house same thing. If I know something's coming, it's like this. When's it going to happen? So I was afraid that I would go to the bathroom in the night. Yeah. And run into Santa. Okay. Ah, Santa. Like this, this like, oh, I'm going to head out into the hallway and see Santa. And that was frightening. So I was really freaked out by it. So what my parents told me, <laughs> it was really cozy. <laughs> okay, Was that, well, you don't have to worry. Okay. Because, <laughs> because, um, because Santa has to get to so many houses. Yeah. What he does, he actually drops off some of the gifts in advance, and so the gifts have Santa is already the gifts are already here, (laughs) and they're hidden in Dad's closet. Okay, they're hidden in Dad's office. Okay, and so they're already here, and we're gonna put them out. Isn't that the
3: best? It's that's so so sweet. No, because what you're saying really rings true to me. I know that you know that I do this now. It's like let's say you're at a restaurant. You know, you're like you're have your you know. I want the chicken pot pie, right? And they come over and they go, "We're out of chicken pot pie," and you're devastated, right? But then you go, yes. well, "You know, I'm actually excited to get the salmon." You know, oh. and then like so, and being like being like, "I'm actually really looking forward to it." No, no, no. This is actually exactly what should have happened, and it was the mushrooms the whole time. Yeah.
1: Yes. And this is it's never been revealed on Poog. And I'm going to try to say it once in one sentence instead of the 70 sentences that got cut from a previous
3: episode. Right. I'm going to try it. I want to say the mushroom thing. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. That was cut. Yes. Are you sure? positive. Here I am saying it was the mushrooms the whole time, assuming the listener knows that the deep listener will know what I'm referring to. No, right, right. No, no, it was cut because I internalized that it was
1: cut as, oh, that was cut. Interesting. I thought that was so like important. But yes, I did take nine minutes to say well, this it. You is know, very, this,
3: And I will say just to preface, this is feels very because this is such a tr- this is to me is evidence of you really knowing my deep psychology, yes. like of how I feel so seen by you. And one of the great things about you is that you enjoy being seen even called out so to speak
1: yeah no, i'm um, not that. called out. called out's too like culturally
3: loaded yeah but like if someone is observing you or knows you well enough to actually be able to maybe gently criticize is almost too strong a word yeah but is able to kind of point out your own pathology to yourself yes divine divine and and you light up
1: so it's really oh, fun i love it but the, the mushrooms the whole time thing which you know could be a t-shirt um <laughs> is simply I observed Kate's psychology, including my own, sitting at a restaurant, deciding what to order, and we were deciding whether to get some kind of mushroom, a mushroom mousse as an appetizer, or there was a side of roasted melange of of different mushrooms. We were deciding going back and forth, and Kate was having (laughs) a lot of anxiety. I mean, just, and and the thing is, we're in it together because menu anxiety, making the right choice, all of that is huge for me as well. So we're really going into it like life depends on it. Yeah. And I I got to a point where I was able to say that I really think it's the roasted mushrooms, and we can get them as an appetizer, even though they're a side.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Genius, by
1: the way. Yeah. (laughs) Recommend to all listeners. Okay, a side can be an appetizer. It's huge. Okay, so like (laughs) so (laughs) like roasted mushrooms sound great. So yeah, so 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 I was like I was like Kate, it's the mushrooms. Okay. Oh no, it was like this is more what it is. I'm because I'm not doing that thing yet. I go, I think we should get the mushrooms. I think the roasted mushrooms are going to be infinitely more satisfying, whatever. And Kate, this is the key of her psychology, goes, you're right. It was the mushrooms the whole time. OK, and, and, and it was a mushroom the whole time. Like, like, like and, and, and what it revealed was Kate's desire for something to have to be absolutely certain and so certain that it was inevitable. Right. It was the mushrooms the whole time. Fate led us to it being the mushrooms <laughs> and that puts her at ease it's huge it's so oh big to your psychology God. it's just so essential, for and me it's not far from mine right it's like part of my psychology so i can recognize it in
3: you that desire for certainty and as you said fate this desire. Yeah. Inevitability. Yeah. This absolute truth that my own behavior, my own, nothing could interrupt it. Nothing could get me away from that. It was always going to be the mushrooms and I can deliver it forever. but, (laughs) and that certainty is like so much of something I chase and something I'm having to let go of. Right. As I strive (laughs) to be an adult, but, Wow.
1: But it's also it's also I think there's something very joyous and it's almost a hyperbole as you know, maybe this is one of the lovely facets of the hyperbole that you and I so enjoy and that Trump almost took from us. I, I don't want to talk about Trump, but but, but anyway, it was like <laughs>
3: we start now
1: we start talking about Trump. Right. <laughs> Do the entire the Trump um, jokes. Yeah. <laughs> what, if Pook, the what, if Pook, what if Pook was like... What if Poog was like, Cheeto Man? I was going to say,
3: Cheeto Man over here. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to sleep with his daughter. Oh, my God. Who doesn't? What if Poog became
1: like just (laughs) uh, hell? What if Poog was us being like, 2020 was a dumpster fire? (laughs) I know. I know. So wait, where were we? Because it was deeply exciting. Oh, the mushrooms, right. The certainty. And then I'm trying to think where else. And so, oh, oh, hyperbole. So it's like. It's like one of the joys of hyper... That is a version of hyperbole to me that's joyful is to just choose to believe that it was the mushrooms the whole time. Like, isn't it more fun? And, and we love doing that, right? Like, I feel like even like when we would go to... um, Like, you imbued uh, Russian samovar or whatever. Oh. Samovar in yes. New York City on yes. what? Like 57th and 8th or something? Yes. And like... Or, and you imbued that with a kind of meaning, okay? And you get I, into this thing where it's got to be samovar. It's got to be samovar. We got to go to yeah, samovar, okay. okay? Yeah. And then it sort of takes on this meaning that's another level. And it's like, it's like it's. Fate to be that restaurant. It's faded. Yes. I just, should we talk about restaurants a little bit for fun? It's...
3: No, because I'll start weeping because it's the only purpose of life is to be in restaurants. And, but
1: you're right. There's certain... When was the restaurant invented is a huge question for me. I have a theory, but I'm not sure. And I, and guess what? You've never considered it, right? You've never considered it? No, I completely, I'm stunned. All right. Maybe we'll, okay, we'll go to break and you revel in that. (laughs) Okay.
3: The Pritchetts and the Pritchett-Tuckers in Modern Family. Start over with The Roses on Schitt's Creek. And see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Can you even watch all this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking.
0: The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet,
3: back for the break I just want to say guess who's on the right side of the bed now and see I knew this ah! I woke up and I said well thank god I have poog today because it's really going to bring did? me out of this moment I'm going to get to talk to Jacqueline and I'm oh going to be reimbued with you know the, the the stuff of life and it happened to me it did I had that big laugh bringing back to the mushrooms the whole time <laughs> And then kind of being able to romanticize of, you know, the world, the old world, the before. When was the restaurant invited? I know we've got some
1: sociological, archaeological. Tap, tap on the keys. Here I go. I felt panic when I when I said that, when you said, should I look it up? Because I just realized, oh, God, I don't know if I want to know, because I have this idea in my head that I really like. But let's. Oh, my
3: God. You're going to love what I just read.
1: I have a feeling. I have a feeling. (laughs) Does it involve prostitutes? I mean, I'm sure. But that's not what
3: I just read. Okay. Is it, it started with, like, keeping. There's two, I just have to say it, because there's two, you're going to die. Okay, I'm ready. Let's just say it involved. I can't even say it. Let's just say it involved. <laughs> Sorry, I'm shaking with laughter. <laughs> I've never heard Let's you pause that Let's just say long. it involved restorative broth. <laughs>
1: no. 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 I'm shocked. <laughs> See, I I thought it was gonna be blood sausage oh. and and scrapple like in Okay, um, here we go. Uh, Hallie Lowenthal. And no, My no Life. shock
3: here, folks. Seventeen sixty five. Okay, yes, that's what I'm talking about. All right, near the Louvre. No, served, served mostly restorative broth. No, yes.
1: <laughs> so this is the first time that people left the home. Now, did they eat it there? That's to me what a restaurant is, right? It's not just I mean, prepared. What is a prepared food? It's about public
3: intimacy, right? Of course, it's about community. With that you. need to that need <laughs> to perform public intimacy. And What could be more intimate and more private? Right, give give us give us a little more. Is there a little more? Can you give us? Because like, no, I trust just... me, I'm, I'm searching. I'm searching. According to, hmm. by the way, bullshit, Paris. I mean, this is obviously a, a highly European, you know, fantasy of 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 of, of, of history yeah yeah
1: they're like it was paris bitch i mean i've always pictured it when would someone go into a place and have like when like when did personal services begin in that way right so you have blacksmiths and um and
3: uh here we go 11 a.d china 1100 a.d so that sounds yeah, a little there more is. there it is that's more let's that's, hear that's it that's the that's the real stuff yes
1: 1972 in italy
3: yeah exactly exactly the communal table see that's incredible what are your thoughts on a communal table i classically loathe detest of course okay traditionally speaking it is absolute hell
1: Hell. and i'm tired of them trying to pass it off as it's like you're outside the louvre
3: i had one magical communal dining experience here i go folks it was tokyo (laughs) oh no are you serious you've been to tokyo and here I go, or was it Kyoto? No, this was no. Tokyo. This was Tokyo. The blind donkey. Check it out. Fantastic. Known as the Chez Panisse of Japan. Never heard of that either. Chez Panisse? Well, is it in Paris, Kate? Berkeley, California. The, the invention of farm-to-table dining. The mistress of California cuisine, Alice Waters. You're,
1: okay, you and your LA references, your Brandy Melville, for example. How
3: dare you? Chez Panisse, by the way. <laughs> your Brandy Melville. I did to bring her down to size, okay? Because farm to table cooking. My aunt and her farm, organic farm, supplies a lot of the produce to Chez Panisse. Okay, actually, we have to cut that. It's too much of a brag. <laughs> but, um, no, keep it. I like it. But uh, Chez Panisse is a. Essential, and it was
1: hard for me to say I don't know. It was hard for me to say I don't. Listen, know.
3: listen. I'm sorry to shame you. Che Panisse is divine. When the world comes back, we will go. It's in Berkeley. Alice Waters is this famous chef. She's known as I think kind of the you know the farm table dining. You know she the 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 worshipping the the ingredients. Produce <laughs> worshiping, <laughs> truly worshiping. <laughs> worshiping is, glorify- is this restaurant that's in a beautiful craftsman home. There's the upstairs one, which is kind of the more casual dining, and then there's the downstairs, which is more formal dining. Okay, but they have and it's like the open kitchen, and you're watching the you know you're watching them mm. saute the the vegetables and the the what have you, mm. and there's you know bread and cherries cascading down the hardwood.
1: Rolling down the hardwood. (laughs) Like bowling balls without the bumpers. Just rolling across (laughs) the floors and they get stomped under the under the (laughs) naked feet of those who worship at the altar of ingredients. Smashing Castelvetranos. (laughs) Why
3: are you laughing? I really needed this laughter because you're so funny. I'm sweating. I finally take off my jacket. I've been freezing all morning. I thought
1: there was something funny going on behind me. I didn't know what had happened. (laughs) It was you. you. Have you ever been on stage doing stand-up comedy? We're not going to talk about comedy, but have you ever been on stage doing stand-up comedy? Someone laughs and you turn around thinking something funny must be happening behind you. It's happened to me.
3: That's devastating.
1: Yeah. Like, surely it couldn't be me.
3: You ever start laughing in the middle of your own set? Because goddamn, this stuff's good. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, by the way, I had a dream. I had a dream. Have you ever had a dream about a bit that then you do on stage? I know that we will not talk about comedy on this podcast because being two comedians talking about comedy is pure hell. But listen... I had a dream the other night, and I truly wrote down, I was like, I'm going to do it on stage. In my dream, I was just doing push-ups on the stage. Very funny. (laughs) You're doing push-ups is very funny. I'm going to start doing push-ups on stage. No, it's huge. And you can, right? Well, I was thinking it would be a really fun opener coming out and just doing push-ups, but then I thought maybe
1: I would do it throughout the
3: set. You coming
1: out and doing them would obviously get people, you know, on their feet, right? (laughs) This is a way
3: to kind of pump up the crowd and pump <laughs> yeah, up myself. Yeah, pump,
1: well, pumping up the crowd as a practice is weird. You know, it's always made me uncomfortable.
3: I would love to see you pump <laughs> up the <a> crowd.
1: <laughs> no, and what's funny is like that lives in me, not in my comedian identity, but like, you know, I was the captain of my JV field hockey team. Now excuse me? When it came time to be a senior, when like the skills mattered no longer was I captain. Okay. I was loving life, making observations on the bench, you know, and upset when they put me in. That was always the the feeling. Oh no, they're putting me in, but I'm nice and cozy on the bench. But anyway, yeah, I remember we would jog around the school and I I, wouldn't, it be embarrassing if my memory did not serve and and this didn't happen. And then there were people on the team who were like, that didn't happen. But I used to like, we'd have to jog around the school, like, you know, at the beginning, do a 20 minute jog to warm up for field hockey practice. Mm-hmm. And I would sort of like tell these tales to like inspire the group while we were running. Can you see that? You can see me as a motivational like exercise leader, right? I can
3: see that. I can see that deeply. It's more about like then you like hot rah rah, like that stuff as it's hard. Yeah. And doing. yet I was like B Be aggressive, B-E aggressive, <laughs> B-E-A-G-E-R-E-S-S-I-V-E. I cannot believe this. Is
1: there footage? No, but there is a picture of me like with red cheeks, like really red, almost burnt, like sleeping in my field hockey uniform on my bed as a high schooler that you'll probably be like you'll love because I felt this need to do all the things that were potentially things that are like a high school experience like I didn't want to miss out on things like that like what if they're, you know what I mean like like right, right. playing a sport like wow. am I not gonna have that scene like so I, I would I did like
3: a lot of activities I was one of those I' back to dream you're bringing up that I jumped about prom the other night Which is, again, one of those kind of... Oh,
1: well, I regularly dream that it's prom or a dance at the school, and I don't have a dress or the dress. Oh, also weddings. Showing up to weddings, and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't have any of the clothes. I'm trying to pull something together. Totally. Pull the mask together.
3: Do you have like those stage dreams where, you know, oh, that's the show and you don't know your lines, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, baby. I did that recently where I had, it was like opening night, some really, this play, this beautiful big theater, went on stage, Mm -hmm. didn't know my lines. So instead I I had gum in my mouth and I just started blowing bubbles. Oh, my God. And uh, the crowd loved it.
1: No, the crowd loved (laughs) it. Okay, I know they did. Oh, I have a lot of dreams that I've forgotten that I am in a play this sounds like what we just said, but it's a specific there's a specific high school musical thing I have. And it's like, I don't know the dance. And I, and it's like, can I kind of just hide in the back? And yeah,
3: ain't that life? Ain't that life? Uh... Listen, when the world comes back, you and I are getting in a car and we're going to Shea Panisse, baby. Now,
1: are you are you going to lead me? Are you a menu leader like our friend John Early, who, you know, gets a mention in every episode is very like you have to. You know, it's not, it's the mushrooms the whole time. It's, you have to try that. Well, honey,
3: their menu is seasonal. So it's changing so often. You better not hold on to a beloved dish because it's going to slide off the menu just the way the (laughs) tomatoes slide off the vine. And so. You once called a tomato white as a web browser.
1: Um, I don't remember. It's one of the funniest things you've ever said in reference to a meal we had in Scotland together. It was an unripe tomato. Um, I think we talked about this on an unaired episode of Food. That's why I'm like, yes. you and me once had a meal that was promised to be greatness.
3: The food in Edinburgh was so universally <laughs> inedible. It was the most devastating culinary month of my entire life, therefore worked for a month. I had one great meal, 27 Elliot's. Shout out. Fantastic food. Yeah. Everything else was unbearable. And so I literally could not locate a lemon. Okay. It's kind of a Brexit thing. No lemons in sight. Going to, I had to go to three markets to find a goddamn lemon. And so there was no acid. There was nothing. Mm. Like, the, just a salad could not exist as far as I was concerned. Right. Anyway, found this place. Supposed to be farm to table. You know, garden in the back. We're in August. You know, oh, great. This will be great. The meal still was fantastic because we were screaming with laughter oh, over candlelight with cocktails. It was one of the great nights. But I remember a tomato salad and thinking, oh, tomato salad, August, seasonal. Of course. Yeah. The tomatoes come white as a web browser i suppose i said hard and i refuse and i i revisited the picture it's not completely white no but it
1: deserves the hyperbole of white as a re- web browser tomato
3: is one of those things that like i can't do
1: anything less than perfection yeah
3: i don't want it okay i have a, i this is
1: where having listeners counts can someone in this i'll say country so the you know shipping isn't terrible can someone get me a good tomato
3: listen they're out of season. You're not supposed to in the in the middle of February have a good tomato. No, I don't care
1: when. That's fine. It can be in season, but I want the best tomato. I want the best
3: Dirty Girl produce. I'm not kidding. My other cousin, there I said it in Santa Cruz, the most phenomenal tomatoes you will ever eat in your entire life. I promise you. Really? So sweet that I mean. You will truly consume eight of them, uh, unlike anything you've ever had. Well,
1: They're... consumption of quantity is not going to be an issue. Believe me, I know I could Unreal. eat tomato. I'll
3: see you in the summertime. You're going to get it. I'll see you in the summertime. I'm sending you these tomatoes. You're going to fall to your knees, bake for forgiveness. Do you forgiveness. put a little pepper on them ever? A little I... salt and pepper? or Salt. A little Maldon. A little flaky salt on top. A little Maldon. A little Jacobson. Mm. Oh, yeah. Maldon is um, regularly uh, pushed on the strategist
1: as a high-end yet useful gift. I mean
3: maldon changed everything for me what is that like this tin of big salt it's flaky these crystals gorgeous crystals that make you weep right of uh salt finishing salt it's finishing salt we put on everything salads right everything from salads to uh soups no right it's not um it's not a teaspoon of maldon no of maldon okay so something huge has happened i'm very ashamed our producer theta has Gently inform me that it's Malden, not Maldon. Not Maldon. And I just want to say that I am humiliated. I have been laid bare. This is what I stri- I want to be stripped of my. Ar- well, this yeah. is
1: the true humiliation because I mean because it's a bougie. Or also, whatever, here right? I am.
3: Oh, it's everything. Oh, you put it. And by the way, if you could see my pantry, I have a box of Malden. I I like prefer Maldon. I have a box of it. I have a travel-sized yeah. tin that I've been known to take with me <laughs> if you're going away for a weekend or a few days and you, you want to make sure you have the right salt. Pull it out of the purse. My mother actually a few a mere weeks ago held up, you know, through the glass, the covid-friendly viewing <laughs> a d- industrial-sized drum of Malden. <sighs> and being like, "I accidentally ordered this." Maldon. I mean, it was a restaurant-sized tub. My
1: grandmother Bontons, okay, Bontons. B O N B-O-N-T-O-N, T O N, I guess, was like a department store of some kind, okay? And she always pronounced it
3: Bonton. Unfortunately I have no association, so it's not um. Entry. I know,
1: I believed that that's why I gave you the context of it being the name of a place. I felt I felt like you could go
3: there with Malden. Me. <laughs> Drop your Malden stories in the in the chat. Malden, and and start to source for me tomatoes for later in the year. Listen okay. to me. Jodder Girl Produce. We're getting you the tomatoes. Are there any
1: plant people out there also? I'm, I'm looking for
3: a jungle.
1: I've noticed uh, we haven't been begging enough on the podcast recently. It's been all notions. It's been all heart uh, and soul. Well, what watch. have I been realizing? <laughs> like there's been a distinct
3: lack of hair stuff. Hair stuff. I need new shampoo. There, I said it. I'll recommend one. I could use something for my horse hair. I have to get a haircut. It's down to my goddamn ankles. I want PJs. PJs? I want, I'm into, right now, I want lingerie. I want slips. I want pajamas. Mm. I want garter belts and shelves for me. (laughs) If anyone has got any modular storage solutions, (laughs) I will take modular artesian modular is what I'm interested in. I'll take modular because I, my life has become out of control and I need to organize and shed, but yeah, I would love sleepwear, loungewear, lingerie, and tequila if you're asking yourself well i do have this business i could send this but this doesn't seem
1: relevant to poog you are wrong send
3: send send okay
1: send. send there's a there's a there's a gmail address Pugpodcast waiting at gmail.com. don't don't risk getting lost in the dms as i always say and again
3: i'm worried that my tequila shout out maybe it got muddled there tequila preferably a blanco preferably a blanco Although, the reposado, I will take. Obviously, you know, any artesian. Um, any natural wines. Also, it doesn't have
1: to be artesian, by the way. I want to be no. clear. I'm happy to take things that are toxic as well, okay?
3: Because <laughs> I don't want to limit myself. By the way, now we can't get into this at the very end, but are we worried about mold? I suddenly had a fear of mold growing in the in the walls and making me sick beyond comprehension i'm fine
1: you've been fearing mold really? since 92 yeah i remember You're kidding you're the, I, anytime i see any mold i think of you saying black mold black <laughs> mold black mold okay you're always I afraid of recall. black mold in new york city
3: really see it's so great to hear that because i have no memory of that okay but we have to wrap it up so Thank any
1: you, you know i'm devices
3: we're interested ASI in mold home kits although um, terrified what the kit says yeah i've got mold and then what i'm screwed so actually i don't want the mold test for that, no, I'm fine. no mold
1: test. Fuck it. Live okay. free. And um, but seriously, uh, the, the Gmail is the best way, folks. For the gifts, post, subscribe, um, renew, and send. and send. That
3: was POOG. If you enjoyed POOG, please subscribe, rate, and review. If not, we will press charges.
2: From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.
1: Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better, H E L P dot com.
4: Zumo Zumo Play.